0: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What's going on, everybody? Sorry, just jamming out over here to some Christmas um, music. It's Dean Meadows with The Daily Apologist. This is another episode of Dean's Dialogue. If you're in North Carolina, I hope that you are preparing for the quote, snow of the century, is what I heard uh, on the radio. Seems like I hear that every uh, winter. But if you do happen to get snowed in, What better thing to do than to listen to Dean's Dialogue or Jack Lipsy's CultureCast podcast? Uh, Both are in association with The Daily Apologist. Once again, shameless plug time. Follow us on Twitter, at Daily Apologist. Follow us on Instagram, at The Daily Apologist. Facebook page, The Daily Apologist. And also the website, www.thedailyapologist.com. Also, if you want to kick off 2019 right. If you were in the Greater Charlotte area, I will be doing an apologetic seminar at the Lake Norman Church of Christ from January 18th, 19th, and 20th. Seminar is called Is Christianity True? And during that seminar, we're gonna look at, we're gonna say, we're gonna evaluate: hey, are you ready to defend your faith? Does God exist? Is the New Testament reliable? And and is the resurrection A historical event those are the topics that we're going to be covering hope that you can be there if you want to do that if you're going to be there make sure that you register online go to the Lake Norman Facebook page Lake Norman Church Christ Facebook page you'll see the event calendar there they'll send they've got the website up go ahead and register for that okay let's get into the show Um, today's kind of a frustrating day for me on the show Because we're going to talk about something that frustrates me, grinds my gears to no end. And and it's not just towards atheists, it's also towards Christians. And it's the misuse of the word faith. I was in Bible class a while ago, and we were talking about this word faith. And I just simply raised the question, if I were to ask you to define faith for me, what would you say? And the first answer out of the gate was believing something without evidence. Now, my skin just crawled at that answer. I literally had to pause uh, because I thought I was going to faint out of surprise and disappointment. It felt like my jaw literally was about to hit the floor and the reason that i was i i reacted that way is because i want you to to listen to to this quote the word faith is a very slippery pig we need to get our hands on it pin it to the ground and wrap a blanket around it so we can have something to latch onto before we finally and permanently subdue it faith belief without evidence pretending to know things you don't know. That was written by the father of street epistemology, Peter Boghossian, in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists. And if you listen to that back, once you're done listening to this episode, the definition between the Christian and Bogosian is essentially the same. The only difference here is that one person wants to spread Christianity and the other person wants to end it. So it's clear to me that based upon that answer that the Christian gave in Bible class, that we've got some serious work to do as ministers, as apologists, as leaders in the church to help people understand what the Bible actually or how the Bible actually describes faith. And so that's what I'm going to attempt to do. Uh, not attempt to do. That's what we're doing today on the show. So how does the Bible describe faith? And how do the authors, or what do the authors of the New Testament base their faith on? By, by looking at those two things, we can have a clearer picture of not only what the Bible says about faith, but how to better communicate the idea of or the doctrine uh, of faith to the outside world. So, how does the Bible describe faith? The word faith in the Bible is the Greek word pistis. It is a term of fidelity, namely a conviction or trust or belief in one who can be relied on. That's the definition. I'll I'll read it again. It is a term of fidelity, namely a conviction, trust, or belief in one who can be relied on. So let's look at some passages which demonstrate this definition. That doesn't necessarily mean that faith will be in the passage, but the passage itself demonstrates this definition. All right, so if you have your Bible with you or you're on your mobile app and you're not driving, go ahead and go to Luke chapter 1. Notice what Luke says here. And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative, of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Notice what Luke is saying to this uh, recipient, Theophilus, which literally means lover of God. He's talking about an orderly account on the basis of what eyewitnesses have said and what eyewitnesses have preached. Why? So that the person who receives it, Theophilus, can have certainty about the things that he has been Taught. Notice what Luke doesn't say. Luke doesn't say, Well, you know what, there, old Theo, I never saw this guy named Jesus, but I'll believe him even though I got no evidence. He doesn't say to Theophilus, I'll oh, just come on, man, just take the blind leap of faith with me. That's not what he does. He appeals to what has been not just preached, but what also people who were closest to Jesus believed that they saw. He's appealing to eyewitness testimony in the first century. So that's how Luke writes it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, if you have your Bible. I'm steadily uh, turning over to that section. And this is obviously one of the most famous sections in 1 Corinthians definitely uh, has been used in circles of apologetics. Now notice what he says in verse 3-8. through eight. For, This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. For Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, and most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. So notice how Paul, you know, delivers this. He says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He's appealing to the indirect evidence of prophecy in the Old Testament, but then to the direct eyewitnesses who saw those prophecies fulfilled. Luke 24, 44 through 47 opens this door or pulls back this curtain even more. I encourage you to do that. Notice what Paul doesn't say. Paul doesn't say, oh, guys, I'm just going on a hunch here. Or, you know, hey, I figured that Judaism was uh too rigorous christianity seemed more lenient so i just went along to get along or i went along so i wouldn't have to do all of these ritualistic things notice what else paul doesn't say paul doesn't say i believe Christianity's true uh just because i had some type of feeling he doesn't say that he doesn't say that either right um, so two authors who are appealing right to evidence not feeling not fourth or fifth hand accounts first hand accounts he's appealing to evidence uh, if you have your Bible once again go ahead and turn over to second Peter chapter 1 verse 16 sorry I'm on the I'm on the struggle bus over here uh, 116. He says, Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, hey, it's not like somebody made this up, right? Modern translation, my Dean Meadows translation, hey, this ain't like the goddess Diana. This isn't like Zeus. This isn't like Jupiter. This isn't like Saturn. This isn't like Poseidon. And That's a mix of Roman and Greek gods. Right? It's not like that. It's not like those myths of Hercules that you have no evidence for. Uh, This is something that we saw directly, and nobody pulled the wool over our eyes. Uh, We saw that directly. Once again, appealing to direct evidence, appealing to to this trust, this conviction, this belief in a reliable source. right? Paul has done that. Luke has done that. and Peter here has done that. And then in First John, First uh, John chapter 1, 1 through three, John writes, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. He appeals, John is appealing to his sense experiences that he had while he was following Jesus. There is no blind leap here. There is no blind leap it's not as though they're appealing to something that they couldn't prove because they directly saw it. And any time that they had a chance to preach that message, that's what they preached. Any time they had a chance to write about that message, that's exactly what they wrote. And even Jesus himself, which is which is interesting here, this is what Jesus himself talks about. Even to hostile witnesses, he doesn't say, believe in me because of what I'm saying. He says, believe in me, because uh, what I'm demonstrating in John chapter 10, as he's talking uh, to the Jews, and the Jews are ready to stone him, because he's basically said that uh, he and the Father are one. He says this in verse 37 and 38. It says, if I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them... Even though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. He goes, hey, listen, you might not believe that I'm the guy. You might not believe a word that I'm saying, but will you at least believe in the miraculous works that I have demonstrated in front of you and in front of others? So even Jesus himself When he talks to hostile people, people who don't believe that he's the Messiah, people who believe that he's blaspheming, what does he appeal to? He doesn't say, have an emotional experience. He says, believe the evidence. Look past your emotional feelings and look at the evidence. That's what he says. So it seems to me that it's pretty clear that Jesus, along with the other New Testament authors, appealed to the direct evidence that they either, per, in Jesus' case, that he performed, in the disciples and the New Testament authors' case, the evidence that they believe they saw, they heard, and they touched. There's no way. It's, in, it's just in, I mean, there is a way. But it doesn't seem to me that someone could objectively look at these passages and come away with the idea that the that faith that the disciples had or the faith that we base our life on as Christians is merely some type of blind leap which lacks evidence it's actually just the opposite the disciples demonstrate and the new testament authors demonstrate a faith that is grounded in the belief or, or is grounded in verifiable evidence that was demonstrated in front of them. So this is my message to both Christians and non-Christians. First, to my fellow Christians, please, 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 for everything that's holy, stop saying that faith is a belief in something that you can't prove or you don't have evidence for. Because you're setting yourself up, you're setting your kids up, you're setting members of the congregation up to be led astray down the road because that definition, faith is something that we don't, is believing something that we don't have evidence for, that's not what the earliest followers of Jesus based their faith on. We will do great harm to ourselves, we'll do great harm to the people that we're trying to reach in the culture, and our children, if we define faith this way. Now, to my skeptical friends, and, I, and I'm and i just saying this because I care for you, and I love you, even though I don't know you. I personally believe that Bogotian has intentionally misrepresented the definition of faith so that he can easily defeat the argument for faith. That would be classically in philosophy, that'd be a straw man. And, and so let me try and help with with an illustration with regards to the definition of faith that I'm trying to communicate to you. So I've been married to my wife, Hillary, uh, for three years. It'll be four years in March. And as of right now, I am sitting in my office, I'm recording this podcast, and I don't know for certain where she is. She could be at the house, she could be out Christmas shopping, and for all I know, she could actually be in another state on a date with another guy. Those are all three possible, all, all three of those are possibilities at this point. So the question might come up, well, if it's possible that she's in another state on a date with a guy, why are you not ripping your headset off, running out of the room, getting into the car, and trying to vigorously track her down to make sure that she's not on a date with another guy? Well, that's because I have faith in her. What is that? That's a conviction, a belief, and a trust a reliable source, which is her. She has demonstrated to me over the times that we have been together and that we have been married that her character and her nature is not one in which she would go and have a date with another guy. That is the biblical definition of faith. I don't know where she is. I don't specifically know what she's doing, but on the basis of what she has demonstrated to me, trust her and that's the type of faith that Christians ought to have and that Christians should have and that's the type of faith that the Bible depicts one should have in God that although I don't physically see him face to face I have a confidence a belief and a trust in him on the basis of the evidence that has been demonstrated and that can be demonstrated with arguments like the Kalam argument, fine-tuning argument, reliability of the New Testament scriptures, the historical case for the resurrection, the possibility of God providentially intervening in people's lives, answered prayer, right? Those are, are, I believe, arguments for the existence of the Christian God, or as uh, I might want to say it, Uh, of God, the only God. So that's what we mean, my atheist friends, when we say that we have faith. And so to the Christian leaders that are in the church that haven't vigorously gone over the true definition of faith, we need to do that. Sometimes we simply assume that just because they sit in a pew on Sunday or on Wednesday, that their definition of faith is the same definition that we have. And more likely than not, and I know I'm being cynical here, more likely than not, it's probably not the same. And so we need to do a better job of equipping people in our congregations about the true definition of faith. And that also goes to the point that I'd like to make, is that just because Christians may have an incorrect definition of faith, it does nothing to indicate that the Bible's definition of faith is wrong. So remember, faith The biblical definition of faith seen uh, both in the Word itself but also in the writings of the New Testament authors is a trust, conviction, and belief in a reliable source. And that source is the God of the Bible, is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son who came to this earth, who died on the cross and was raised from the dead, so that all people might be saved from sin and enjoy ultimately being with God for eternity. So that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at djmeadows87 at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook. Private message me and we can chat. So this is Dean Meadows signing off for The Daily Apologist. Remember, equip yourself to engage culture. Have a great day. Bye-bye.